0: Peace, love, and blessings, beautiful spirits. Welcome back to the Spirits and Poetry Podcast and Frequency. I am your host, Jorge Quintana. and this episode, we're going to be talking about the middle path, what it means to let go of the past. We're continuing on with this season four. If you want to continue to support the growth of the podcast, please, please, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and considering following on Instagram at the spirits and poetry. But today we have a special episode. Of course, I'm continuing with the unscripted or semi-unscripted method, just, just speaking from this flow of consciousness, but today's episode is actually being channeled through the Akashic Records, so for those of you who don't know, I am an Akashic Records practitioner, meaning I have full access to the records, and if you don't know what the Akashic Records are, Think of a spiritual data, database, um, a, a big library with every single book. Every single book represents an individual spirit. And it's not just an individual spirit, but their entire history across all the lives they've lived from the very inception of that life form. So for example, in your book, this is why they also call the records the books of life, the book of life. If you were to open yours, you would be able to see everything you've ever lived, everything you've ever done, thought, experienced, it would all be recorded in the records. And I've done a past episode in season two, I believe, where I talk more about the records. But if you're interested, check it out from season two, or you can actually do your own reading. I highly recommend any book by Linda Howe. That's actually who taught me to open my records. It was her book that really opened my path, and 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 that's where I really learned the beauty of, of learning the truth, that, that's what it is. It's a space of love where you get to see yourself from a divine perspective. You're not seeing you as the person you are, but as the spirit that inhabits you. And, and it's absolutely beautiful. So I'm using that to really feel through and filter this episode, really just channel that information. And, and it's not just to, to give you something accurate, but to give you a message filled with love. That is the goal. So we're talking about the middle path. I've mentioned depolarization and walking the middle path throughout different episodes. I realize I I never dedicated a full episode to it. So I definitely want to do that now. So let's talk about uh, the middle path and depolarization. So to give you context on this, I want to talk about the High Priestess Tarot card. If you're unfamiliar with tarot, you should definitely look it up. It's called the High Priestess. And if you're familiar, then you would know that this is a card that shows a a priestess, and on either side of her are two pillars. On her right is the black pillar, Boaz, and on her left is the white pillar, Jashin. And they represent the light, the dark, right? The polarity, the day, the night, the masculine, the feminine. And this is a card that comes up when it's time to retreat, to reflect upon the situation, to be able to see both sides, to look back and trust your inner instincts to guide you through whatever it is that you're going. It's ruled by the element of water and the planet that it's ruled by is the moon. So the high priestess definitely represents everything we're talking about the middle path and the other piece of context i want to give you is uh, the kabbalah the tree of life if you if you look this up it's either spelled k-a-b-b-a-l-a-h or there's one spelled with that begins with a q but either way when you look at the tree of life you're going to see that there's also two pillars there's the pillar of severity and the pillar of mercy and then you see that there's a third pillar right in the middle so those are the two things i want you to think about or if you're interested in learning more to look them up. The High Priestess and the Tree of Life. So, before beginning this episode, I actually went through and wrote down a couple questions just to to get the records thinking right. Get my master's teachers, loved ones, to be like, okay, I see the questions you're you're going with, and to just help me with answers. So, the first question, and of course, you might be asking yourself, what is the middle path? In plain terms, the middle path references the fact that there there's two different paths right on either side that represent extremes there's the democrats there's the republicans right the fascists the the communists there's the day the night the masculine the feminine To speak of the middle path is to reference that there is a journey, there is a path, there is that that you can walk that actually bridges the gap between the two, incorporating elements from both sides and at the same time unifying them in a way that creates something new. So when people talk about walking the middle path in reference to depolarization, what they mean is when you pay attention to politics, when you pay attention to social media or whatever the world is talking about, you're going to realize that there's really two sides to every issue. Are you pro-life or pro-choice? Are you pro-police or anti-police brutality? So one big profile case going on is the interviewing for a Supreme Court position of Judge uh, Katani Brown Jackson. And depending on the sources you're seeing, she's either being berated, grilled, and rudely interrupted by Republican senators, or you're hearing about her shady track record against certain defenses and cases against minors. It's the same with the case of of Russia invading Ukraine a a week or so back, which is still going on. It's the same anytime anyone brings up an issue of police brutality whenever someone is murdered by law enforcement. You're seeing very politically racially, sexually, humanly charged language being used to the point where you're either on one side of an argument or you're on the other side. When the whole pandemic and the whole cases of vaccinations, it's the same thing. You're either on one side or you're on another and there's no way to be in between. And the whole rhetoric builds you up to believe that you either have to go one way or you have to go another. But what if we acknowledge this? All is part of a spectrum. Day, night, right, wrong, hate, and love are on the same spectrum because they have to do with the same kind of energy charged towards individuals and the self the day that we can acknowledge that love and hate are the same emotion, just at different degrees, when we can acknowledge that all opposites can be reconciled, that everything, no matter how extreme I be, fascism, communism, part of the same spectrum, the same spectrum that the de- Democrat and Republicans are a part of, then you see, ah, there's a way to bring it all together. And that's what the middle path tries to do. You you go to neither side, but rather you stick to your own saying, how can I listen to both sides, get the best part of both, and when I bring him together what happens so why might someone want to walk the middle path well of course I just said but also it, it, it can free you from the constraint of group think you think for yourself rather than just going with the pack for example in college in college I was an activist I was a community and a student organizer and if you asked me now looking back if I thought for myself I would say that there was a lot of my 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 the language I was speaking the rhetoric the beliefs I, I held a lot of that way it was influenced by other people. It wasn't to me, it wasn't a case of, oh man, is this right or is this wrong? It's look, someone is saying that this is right, so it has to be. Like when it comes to, to cases of gender identity, if someone says that that they're trans and their identity matters, then they have to be right and the other people have to be wrong. That was a time when Trump was was in office and that was a time where if anyone aligned with anything Trump said, they were automatically the enemy. My enemy, our enemy, my community's enemy. It didn't matter what they would say, I would automatically disagree because they belong to the other side. And so if you ask me then if that's wrong, I would say no because I'm standing for what's right. But that's the exact same thing the people on the other side are saying. So looking back after I graduated, I, I, I went inward. And one thing I've talked about on on the podcast and even just to my friends is it's what happened to me as I engaged in, in activism to the point where I was always confronting extremists on the other side is I became an extremist. If any of you who are listening right now knew me in college, you would know I was a very extreme activist. I was always very far left, a little beyond communism. You know, I believed in, in, in people's right to self-govern. I, I was anything the Republicans or the fascist conservatives thought. I was on the opposite side. So after I took time to just digest and now where I am now. I wasn't thinking for myself. I was going off of what other people were saying. I was going off what the company who I worked for was saying. I was going on to what other uh, off of what other organizers were were saying. And the worst part is I either won or lost arguments, won or lost integrity based on group thinks. So why might you be interested in walking the middle path? We live in a society. That some people say it's, it's too PC, it's too politically correct, you say anything wrong now and people automatically demonize you. You're either socially acceptable with your language, with your behavior, or you're on the opposite side and you, you do not belong in society. That kind of thinking is shallow. It's, 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 it's elementary thinking of, oh, you're not cool. You can't sit with us. You might want to consider walking this middle path if you find yourself surrounding surrounded by extreme opinions that don't allow you the opportunity for you to see, to speak, to feel what whatever it is you're truly feeling. If everything you're saying and feeling is being dictated by your environment— and then we go into walking the motor path. Why would people want to be depolarized? First of all, what does it mean to be polarized? And is there anything wrong with it? Well, when you're polarized, is like I was saying before, you you're going to one side of the argument. If someone says, ah, "I support the police," you automatically go, "No, they're they're you know they're bad. They're you know they're bad people. They murder, and and they should be abolished." If someone says, "Oh, I believe in abortion," you would go, "No, I believe in the value of life. I'm pro-life." Polarized is immediately jumping to one side of the situation because it's it's something you been conditioned to, or you say, you know what, this is what the group thinks. So this is what I believe. Being polarized is also you jumping to an extreme of, 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 an argument without considering or seriously considering the other side. So is there anything wrong with being polarized because what about situations with for example like I brought up earlier with gender identity right there, there there's going to be two sides of that argument whether we well, yeah sh- people should sh- should have the right to express their gender identity however they want and people they say no they don't that's made up and and I would say well if you're someone that feels more comfortable saying, no, I, I'm, I'm going to side with the people who are being affected because let's, let's be honest, trans women are murdered in higher rates than a lot of other gender, sexual, you know, combinations of people. That's a that's a fact. When trans people go out in public, they are judged. People will look at them. Why? Because they are different in the sense of this heteronormative um, dichotomy that says, eyes. there's just men and women. That's also polarization, thinking there's just two genders and there can't be anything in the middle. The fallacy of being polarized comes when you're no longer engaging with people or or, or when you start treating people like less than human because they, they have a different opinion. Listen, this message is for you, whoever is contemplating cutting off your family members because either uh, politics are different, you know, opinions on sexuality, gender, the way you're living are different. This is for you. You have every right to cut somebody off because they are not giving you that love, that support. If someone's not feeding you, you have a right not to allow them in your life. But you have no right to attack someone's character, to offend them, to belittle them. Even if, if whatever their opinion is is antagonizing you, you have no right to belittle someone because you feel like your morals are superior to them. Does that make sense? If you feel like you're right in a situation, you want to cut somebody off, yes, that that's completely valid. But what then becomes the, the trap of polarization is you believing that someone else is dumb, stupid, ignorant, someone is less than human, someone shouldn't have a right to their opinion because whatever they believe is, is contrary to what you believe or antagonizing you. The Akashic Records say that every human path is valid. But what human paths do we automatically attack and become aggressive towards? Racists, pedophiles, murderers, in some situations, gang members, thieves, liars, bigots. Those groups of people or people who fit into that group because of their behavior, one of the things they have in common is that they're being demonized. And I would say, you know, if you demonize them, you're not wrong. You know, I'm not going to say, hey, yeah, don't demonize people that hurt kids or that hurt other people. What I'm saying is the danger of looking at someone as not human. That's the same thing the Nazis did. That's the same thing the Spanish did. The new lands, the Americas that they then named. That's the same thinking that leads to genocide and massacres. That's the danger. So is there something wrong with being polarized? The Kaushik records also say there's no such thing as right or wrong, but there are dangers. And at the end of the day, every action has a consequence. So whatever actions, whatever beliefs, whatever it is you commit to, as long as you're willing to accept those consequences, that's fine. But make sure the consequences that you're accepting are those that that you've caused. You're accepting consequences for the decisions you've made and you've thought out, not influenced by other people. The next question is, well, our universe exists in dual form, right? We talked about it. There's night, there's day, there, there's feminine, there's, there's masculine. Duality exists. So does depolarization then means that we're not allowed to exist in dual form? Like we have to choose one thing and be it? And, and this is a tricky question because what I mean by when I say that the, the universe exists in duality, duality funds or, or, or holds this universe together. When I mentioned, when I brought up earlier the high priestess and the the Kabbalah, the Tree of Life, and I was saying, look, there's two pillars. Those two pillars also work to, like, hold the roof, right? Uphold things. It's like this duality that exists helps to give things form. But the reason it helps to give things form, it helps to produce balance. But here's the thing: how does the masculine and feminine produce balance through the child? How does night and day produce balance through dusk and dawn? If you, if you see, there's always the third, and there's a very important element in in the number three, right? There was Mary, Jesus, Joseph. There's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's a Trinity. There's three, you know, ma- uh, what the, the three great kings that visited Jesus when he was young. There's a big emphasis on the number three. And and fun fact, I actually noticed this. I was I was watching American Idol Auditions. There's also three judges on X Factor, on you know, Britain's Got Talent. There's always three judges. Why? Balance. There's no way to tie with three. So yes, duality exists. And yes, we are dual beings. There's gonna be light and there's gonna be dark in you, right? There's gonna be times where you're patient and times where you're restless. There's gonna be times where, where you're you're lovely and you're kind and generous, and times where you're gonna be mean, and that's okay. So there's nothing wrong with with having dual forms, right? Especially all y'all Gemini's listening, that's who you are. You are going to have strong dual energies around you. But who are you when you can accept both of these energies where I I found myself that I I will tend to cope with extremes? Like there are days I'll be really lazy and apathetic and I'll just binge and then I'll like combat that with days of high productivity and exercise. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens when I bring the two together, when I allow myself to be satisfied with the food I eat, but I also keep an active lifestyle? That doesn't have to mean me doing exercise all day, every day, but me just staying active, me moving. The next question I thought of was, is the middle path the only path we can walk? And obviously the answer is no. It's called the middle path, meaning that there's at least two other paths on either side. When it comes to magic, there's the right hand path and the left hand path. The right hand path uh, follows white magic, and the left hand path follows black magic. And if you're interested in learning those, I mentioned a couple, but I'm not really an expert, so I, w- I would highly recommend going to experts for this. But white magic is the kind of magic that assists in bringing things to you, whereas left hand black magic it, it it's to expel, to what's that word, to banish. It's to banish things from you, and both. Operate similarly, but there are different principles, practices, different entities you talk to. So, of course, you can walk that if you if you want to do magic. Obviously, you can walk a religious path. You can walk an atheist path. There's there's an infinite amount of paths, and the whole point is there's no right one because if there was a right path, a lot of us would be getting it wrong, and we'd have to either repeat you know a life or we'd have to go somewhere else to train. There's no such thing as the right path. The only there there is such thing as the right path for you. But that's why I always say, trust your gut, follow your heart, trust your intuition. And that's the same thing that the High Priestess Tarot card would say, trust your intuition. And that's how you find your unique right path. So of course, now this is where we transition. That's why the next question is, how does this middle path tie into letting go of the past? I personally was raised in the United States, a country that has a two-party system, a country that always tends to be very extreme on ideologies. You either support this country and stand up for the national anthem, or you don't. You either celebrate the 4th of July, or you don't. You either celebrate Halloween, or you don't. It's it's hard to find that in-betweenness in, in this country. If you notice, there's a lot of strong polarity at play. There's a lot of people who is in our government and our you know entertainment industry they speak with very charged language to say this is our side and then there's that side right even the music there's the new hip hop new music and then there's the old school it's the same happening with reggaeton right now with the old reggaeton and then the new land trap ultimately the middle path and depolarization has to do with accepting yourself, accepting, listen, we're not here to be perfect. We're not here to be perfect. Even you who are starting your spiritual journey, your meditation, your mindfulness, whatever practices you're doing, whatever magic, whatever you know, healing you're doing, you're not meant to be perfect. You don't have to banish your envy. You don't have to cast away your insecurities. You don't have to war against your fear. Likewise, you don't have to make uh, your life about combating, you know, lower vibrational spirits or demons. That That's not what life is about. It's accepting yourself. I've accepted that there's always going to be a part of me that's envious about people who are more talented, more successful, more artistic in this moment. That's going to be me. I'm competitive. I hate to lose. I absolutely hate it. And I accept that about myself. When I first started this, I was like, oh, I just got to accept. I'm, you know, got to learn to be humble. Got to learn to take L's. Fuck that. You know, I'm me and that's it. And I hate to lose and so be it. And if that means that a game night with my siblings, I'm going to be out here trying to get these W's. So be it. That's who I am. And does that mean that every single person is gonna like me? No, some people are gonna hate me for it. Sometimes my partner gets mad at me, like, hey, calm down. You don't have to go that hard. And it's okay. It's about accepting yourself. So when we walk the middle path, when we walk depolarization, we're giving less attention, less less importance to what other people are saying, and we're giving more importance to what we think. So whenever an issue comes up, My first question is, how do I feel about this? What do I think? Not what is CNN saying. Not as what this big popular activist on Instagram or Twitter is saying. I don't care what they say. How do I feel about it? And I make my opinions, my decisions based on what I think, not what other people say. And this is a big part of letting go of the past because guess what? We're not, well, at least many of us are not taught to value the importance, the power of our own voice over others. You're taught to listen to your parents, to your older siblings, or whoever your guardians are. Or if you were if you were an orphan and grew up in an orphanage or foster home, whoever was taking care of you, you we are always taught to give importance to the voice of authority, of whoever has authority over us. Very few people, listen very carefully, very few people in your life will empower you to trust yourself, to listen to your own voice, your own instinct, your own reason. Very few bosses, very few parents, very few elders will say that to you. Because ultimately, as humans, we want order. That, that's why we exist in clans. That's why we have neighborhood societies. All of this comes from the primordial, the primal instinct to gather together for survival. And there's nothing wrong with gathering for survival, becoming a tribe, becoming a clan when we have predators that can that can pick off individual humans. But we don't live in that world anymore. And, you know, some people might tell you, hey, we are in the age of Aquarius. We're in the age of the free thinker. And while I'm not saying be an individual and be solely about you, right? We got to honor the ancestors. We got to honor where we come from. We got to respect our parents, if your parents were good to you, by the way. But we got to respect our, our elders, our parents, wherever we come from. We got to honor that. But when you walk the middle path, when you depolarize, when you see that you have the right to take parts of whatever makes sense, there you don't have to be part of the, the group on the left or the group on the right. You can bring it all together. You are leaving entire ages, you know, like millennia of human thinking and entering one where you are the most empowered entity. So you are not just letting go of your past. You are letting go of an entire humanity's past, which gets us into the next question. How can I let go of the past, right? How do we even begin this journey? What is the purpose of memory? Does letting go of the past mean I refuse to remember? Let's start with the purpose of memory, because that's going to be the easiest question to answer. Everything is memory. They say karma is memory. Our bodies have memory. Memory is more than just the thought of something that happened in the past. Memory is very much a living, transient, ever-changing thing. It's a living thing. That's why in psychology, they say that most of your memories from your past, from your childhood, a lot of them are mixed up with things that are just made up with dreams. Not everything is exactly as you remember it. Likewise, our organs, our body, our skin shows how we've aged. That's why we have bruises. That's why, you know, we have certain pains. Like I have bad knees from my time as an athlete. Everything around us is a memory. Aren't we seeing all these throwbacks to old shows, you know, reboots of movies? Everything seems to speak to, hey, do you remember how things once were? Why is the past so important? Because the past informs our present. Who you've been will shape you into who you are. That's why the quote says, if you don't know your history, you are doomed to repeat it. Letting go of the past has nothing to do with refusing to remember. Letting go of the past means that you are no longer giving power. You are no longer giving power to past actions and past people. You are fully autonomous, meaning that all of your present decisions are being based on what you right now, what you right in this current moment feels, thinks, believes. You are an active participant in your life and you are making decisions based on what you right now decides. When the past rules you, you're making decisions based on fear that, oh, I remember last time I made this decision, this bad thing happened to me, so I got to make the other decision. Oh, you know, my partner really hates it when I smoke. She gets so mad, so I'm not going to smoke anymore. Ah, uh, you know, my, my dad, you know, yeah, he, end, he, you know, he used to drink. So if I drink, I'm going to end up just like him. These are all different examples of, of allowing your past to, to make your current decision. Yes, you can use your past to inform me now saying, ah, look, these are the things that I have learned. But letting go of the past is more about acknowledging who you are right now. This also has to do with being able to accept your past, accept what you've done, accept what's been done to you. Oftentimes, we can't eventually find peace with what we have done, right, because we were the ones in control. But it's really hard to find peace with what others have done to you because that was out of our control. I recently had a shared experience with a friend where we were both essentially antagonized by our bosses, which ended in the termination of that job. And it's one of those things that happen where it's a traumatizing experience when it's so out of your control, when someone switches up out of nowhere and, and you're completely left without any support in a space that initially said, hey, we're here to support you. And in a lot of cases, it would be easier to accept a situation of, hey, you know, I got fired from work because I was always late or I did this, I did that, right? Like, it's like my actions caused this to happen. But in these situations, it can feel unfulfilled because we had another person essentially antagonize us and, and push us out and it wasn't warranted or it felt like it wasn't warranted. And this goes, and, and this is a little, a, a trigger warning uh, for, for you uh, sensitive folks. Uh, no disrespect when I say sensitive, uh, I, but really sensitive to issues, right? Wait, so people that feel, forgive me, this is my Capricorn speaking uh <laughs> I myself am learning to be sensitive, but this is a trigger warning because for those of us that have gone through physical, sexual, verbal abuse, for those of us who have been bullied, for those of us who, who have had relatives be you know killed in front of us, for those of us who have gone through traumatic experiences like immigration, human trafficking, or, or whatever have you, you have to accept it. We have to accept it. We have to make peace with it. Yes, it's not fair. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's fucking bullshit that it happened. It absolutely is. You did nothing to deserve it. We did nothing to deserve it. We have to make peace with it. We have no choice. And that's the hard part, right? You're not at fault for what happened to you, but you are at fault for allowing it to hold you back. You are at fault when you use it as an excuse to cope in destructive manners. That is when you are at fault. And that's a tough pill to swallow. So when you are at peace with your past, you can absolutely let go of it. And yes, that doesn't mean that you won't think about it anymore. You will, but it won't pop up with feelings of intense regret or traumatic flashes. You'll be able to think about it, remember it, and just let it go on its way. Continue on with your day. And that is what we all strive for. And know that you are not alone for struggling with this. I am struggling with this every single day. My poetry lately has been a lot about death and the past and my childhood. And believe me, I myself am struggling. But I've been walking the middle path for about two or so years now. I've been depolarizing. That's why I always say, you know, you can accept or reject your thoughts. That's one, of the, that's one of the beginnings. You can accept or reject thoughts. Thoughts are just offerings. If you have a thought that, you know, that where you're, talk, you're, you're talking bad about yourself or you're saying, oh, this bad thing could happen to me, you can reject it. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Even if you have a thought come up that you're wonderful, you're amazing, you might find money on the street, you can welcome that. You are in control of what you accept and what you reject. You are in control. You may not be able to control what happens around you externally, but you can accept, you, sorry, you can control what you accept or reject from this outside world. It doesn't all have to filter in, and that's the beautiful and empowering part. I I, I don't normally actually record episodes this song, so I feel like, okay, I feel like I said everything I wanted to say, and um, I find that it since I'm not going with a script, I tend to be more comfortable just expanding and just and just talking, right, sharing this moment. So let me know what you think. Let me know if y'all are enjoying these episodes unscripted. I did write some questions, a little bit of notes, but mostly it's just me speaking, and if you're enjoying this, please let me know please rate and review on iTunes. Hit me up on Instagram uh, for any future episodes you'd like for me to cover. But thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly love and appreciate all of you. Even if I cannot see you here in this moment, I am sending you a hug. I'm holding you with all of my love and light because I, I greatly appreciate you big shout out to my master's teachers, loved ones of the Akashic records. If you if you ever want a reading done, you can hit me up for it. Uh, readings are absolutely incredible and I would love to, I would be honored to be able to see you in, in your love and your light and as you see, as you're loved in the records. Forgive me if I, if I spoke a little fast. I was just very excited for this episode, but uh, I'll see y'all in two weeks. Peace, love, and blessings. Till next time.